Hello, dear friends. Welcome again to Love Service Wisdom with Marissa Rada Wepner, coming to you from early February in Boise, Idaho, where it doesn't seem like the groundhog said it's going to be more winter because it's been so unseasonably warm with big blue skies. And uh, I, I feel like raking leaves outside instead of playing in the snow because there is no snow. But yes, winter here in Idaho. And I don't know about you, but I was just contemplating how when the pandemic started, I shared so much about how things were slowing down and there was more space and we stepped off the hamster wheel, etc., etc. And it no longer feels that way for me. It no longer feels like things are slow and there's space, though boy, am I trying to keep it that way. But I'm I'm finding that I'm overscheduling myself and there's a lot going on. I feel very blessed for all the opportunities that I have to work with people through life coaching and the ketamine therapy and the yoga school and yoga classes and all of those kinds of things. This, the podcast, whatever it might be. But uh, I, I, things have ramped back up and I, I've recognized it more fully and I'm trying my best to slow it down, but I'm going to keep on top of this. At least I hope to, because I love it. I've been in some great conversations lately. My podcast guest today is Darren Beatty of the Expand Yourself podcast, which I was on, I want to say pretty much a year ago. Exactly. I was on his podcast, which was a great treat. I love conversations with Zarin because he's so honest and open and curious and inquisitive and supportive. And it feels quite refreshing the way his mind works, that we can just get into stuff in a really fun, uh, a fun and mutually like beneficial way, it seems. Uh, Zarin's been doing some great work recently. He just put out his Become program, which is a community, a mindfulness community that you can join. That's a 12-week program. And he's got a book that goes along with it and guides everyone through the process of becoming step-by-step and brings in a lot of great guest teachers as well. So he just started that. We talk about it a little bit on this show, and I know he's going to start a second program, second become program. I want to say it's in April. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to his website, expand, that's with an X, X P A N D yourself.com backslash become. He's also on the Instagram at expand yourself. Again, just an X expand yourself. But his website, if you go there, is a resource for his podcasts and his teachings. He's got a meditation guide uh, that I just saw as well and all kinds of cool stuff. So in our conversation, we talk about that and all sorts of other fun things so much. His, his, um, his main focus of perception and mindfulness, we sort of weave through those two topics and look at it from perception from different perspectives throughout the conversation. 
So again, super fun, loved it so much. He and I, we, we start out by talking how the last time we saw each other was just about a month ago, maybe when we went to our mutual friend, Chris Gethin, his backyard early in the morning to try out Chris's new ice bath from the Morizoko Forge which is out of Phoenix, Arizona. And it was quite the intense experience. It felt like a reset for sure, like any big big peak experience is. So grateful to Chris for having us over. And the Morzoko Forge too, if you if you if you like sweating like I do passively, I'm like a sauna sweater <laughs> and ice baths. The these ice baths I think are probably some of the best in the world for um lowering the temperature and creating the, the, I know a lot of you all are into Wim Hof too. So it's a great combo for your Wim Hof breathing are those ice baths. And I just talk about it because I think they're cool and I like it. And the guy who created it, Jason and his partner, Adrian, I actually know from down in Phoenix. So way to go, you guys. Good, good job. Good job bringing it out to, to out there to the world. I'm glad business is going so well for you. In my own life, I have got on Insight Timer, which is a recent development. Just a uh, couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago now, I just had a, a wild hair and decided to put my meditations from my album Guidance up on Insight Timer because why not? I have them and they're really high quality with the music that East Forest gave to me and the production and mixing that he created for me too. So if you meditate on Insight Timer, you can find my meditations there and I'm going to continue to add to it as well. So look for those. And I'm beginning to teach yoga classes again. I've got my my weekly Monday class that you can join me through Zoom because I'm not teaching in-person classes. Though if the weather continues to be like it is, I'll probably end up teaching again in the park here in Boise sooner than later. So let's keep our fingers crossed for that. And shout out to all my supporters on Patreon. If you like the show and you appreciate it and you want to show a little bit of financial support, thank you for doing that on Patreon. I appreciate it so, so much. Everybody that supports me on Patreon gets a copy, a download of uh, Guidance, my meditation album. So I think that's a really great gift to give you. Just one way I can say thank you and give, you know, other things like shout outs on the show and private content that's exclusive to Patreon and meditations and classes and writings and musings. And we'll see how that develops. I want to thank everybody too that supported the show by giving it a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts because that's kind of a big deal as a platform. So many look at Apple Podcasts for their shows and it matters how many ratings you have. So I've got 57 five-star ratings now and thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all of you that have done that. If you haven't done it yet and you're listening and you're on the Apple platform, just scroll down through the bottom of the show where it says ratings and reviews, and you can pop five stars in there too. Here's a recent review from Courtney G212. She says, so inspiring. Thank you, Rada, for your open heart, 
your gentle soul, and your courageous sharing. I just went on a long drive and listened to almost every episode. And today feels I feel so inspired to pursue my dreams on a deeper level. Seriously, it's like a miracle. I'm looking forward to what unfolds next. I'm grateful for you sharing your journey with us, J-Ma. So thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, Courtney. I love that so much and happy to continue sharing with all of you. I really am. I love, I, like I said earlier, I'm grateful for all the ways I've been sharing, though things have been busy. Just this past Friday, we had a graduation ceremony for the yoga teacher training programs that I've been co-leading with my partner, Naomi Jones, who's an incredible yoga teacher also. She and I have been leading these trainings together for the past five years, 200 hour and 300 hour yoga teacher trainings. And it just has been such a, such a blessing. So the community of beautiful, vibrant, clear, curious, radiant, open, vulnerable souls that we've got to connect with or help establish connections amongst each other. It just fills me up so much. And we just graduated more than 30 students from this past year, this past year and a half. And uh, it was it was more emotional than I thought it was going to be. One, I think, given that I had closed the studio, you know, back in July. And then the, a couple hours before I was supposed to go, to the graduation and get set up. I just bought, you know, three dozen roses and chocolate and bubbly water. And I was getting the final things together and was headed out to the studio that we've been using expressions. Thank you, Lexi out in Nampa. I got a call from my mom who said that my brother just tested positive for COVID. And I was just with my, with my brother a few days before. So in that moment, I didn't know whether or not I had COVID. I knew my brother did, but I felt like I couldn't go to the graduation because I didn't want to put anybody at risk, not knowing. So I chose to not go and tune into the graduation just from Zoom, which was fine. You know, I've gotten used to Zoom over the years, this year, uh, but it was also a, a heartache to not be able to see the students one last time in person together in a mode of celebration and congratulation and joy and relief. But that's still so much joy was felt and shared, but it was also quite hard, quite hard. I was, I found myself tearing up multiple times. I think just the emotional overwhelm of it all. And Naomi and I, she's decided to not continue leading the teacher training. So she's going off into her new own ventures and I'll continue the teacher training on my own. So it was another ending, but I didn't get to be there to really honor it. So again, I'm a little hard, but so grateful. And I feel um, so aligned with my dharma, my life path that I get to help uh, in so many's inner journey through the avenue of yoga. And, you know, we say yoga teacher training, like you're learning to become a yoga teacher, like poses and 
yoga classes, which is in one part true, but it's just like the surface level of the depth of the experience of learning to become the best human possible. And uh, I'm excited to continue the work. I'm talking with my dear friend, Rainbow Eric, about creating a new 200-hour training together that will launch in the fall. So watch for that. If you're looking to learn how to become the best human being possible, maybe the yoga teacher training will be for you. It'll be something that's a hybrid online and in-person. And yeah, we'll see how it develops. I'm saying that while I also just said a couple minutes ago, I was trying to figure out a way how to not be as busy as I've recently found myself to be. So who knows? Who knows? I'm open. Use me universe in whatever way you see fit that that works best for the greater good of all. That's really what my calling is. And that may shift. That may shift greatly. I am still doing the ketamine therapy and I'll be starting a new group in early March. So if you're curious about participating in my group ketamine experiences or one-on-one, please reach out. You can send me an email at rada at marissawepner.com. That's R-A-D-H-A at marissawepner.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions you might have about that. But for now, my dear friends, please enjoy this sweet conversation with the one and only Zarin. Welcome, Zarin. Welcome to Love Service Wisdom. It's great to talk with Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for inviting me on. It's great to see you just a couple weeks ago. Um, it's nice to be with you and Gethin in the same in the same room. It's always mm-hmm. a pleasure. Uh, yeah, the thank same you outside. For everything that you're doing. You're yeah, welcome. For sure. Outside, yeah, for sure. We shared a cold plunge together and it was awesome. The coldest cold yeah, I think we'd both been in a, in a while. It was a minute for me. And it's always nice to re-enter your practice after it's been a little bit of time. And to even watch other people re-answer their practice. And you really held your ground and your ohms were being felt through everybody around. It's, uh, it's cool. It's, it's nice to have some opportunities to, to go deeper, for sure. Yes. Yeah. It was, um, and, and being filmed during all of it as well as another <laughs> layer of, of, well, we are going to do this to the top of our game, for sure. And I think in the collective, too, just being with somebody like Chris, everyone's not going to do their best. <laughs> everyone's at their top level. So I guess if we describe it a little bit, we were joined, we joined our friend Chris Gethin at his home for the installation of his brand new ice bath. What's the name of it? Can you pronounce it? Uh, I don't know how to say it. Morizoku? I think that's it. it. Morizoku. Morizoku ice bath. Yes. Which are out of Phoenix, Arizona. And coincidentally, I know the builder, Jason... Mm. And his partner, Adrian, I'd met them a couple years ago and did a Wim, my first Wim Hof plunge with them in, Air, in Phoenix. It's such a small world because Jason wasn't fit for service. Oh. So I actually know Jason as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's such a small world. Cool. Yeah, I love the tight circles like that. 
So we, yes, we were there at Chris's house to get into the plunge and it's two minutes minimum up to the neck and somehow the coldest water ever. (laughs) And it's, you know, 30 degrees outside in Boise. It's already winter here. So we're standing in winter that was mild, I think at the same time, mild winter. And uh, there's a moment when you get in the water where everything reacts with like a no and you want to hop out, but you're, it's mind over matter, breath control, and you stay in and things shift and things calm and you settle partially. And there's the, that the quiet background that gets again quieter and quieter that wants to freak out. Did you feel that? Yeah, there's something really beautiful that happens when there's like an extremity being felt, whether it's like um, a sweat lodge or one of the coldest ice baths you've ever been in, because it almost it almost pulls those deeper parts of ourselves out of us, mm-hmm. and it almost requires us to calm down and be more in peace and really surrender and allow. That's an option. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, right? But it feels like even intuitively, if we can move through that for even just a few moments and find that groove, it really allows us to deepen our relaxation in a way that was maybe even inaccessible before that. For sure. Yeah, it's almost like a pendulum swing. Like the the more that you go into intensity, severe challenge, when you come out of it, the deeper the release Yes, that's a beautiful way of putting it. That could be for a workout. That could be for an intense yoga practice, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a three-hour meditation if you've never sat more than 60 minutes. There's a lot of cool ways to kind of test our our boundaries and barriers for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the, personally, when I am in intense moments like that, whether it is like a sweat lodge or an intense workout, which doesn't happen very often, not the workout part, maybe an intense yoga class or the ice bath or even like emotional intensity Mm. or life crisis, I'm able to remind myself that this isn't permanent, that this is temporary and that the other side of the coin will come, that the relief and the release will come. And that personally helps me with my fortitude in the moment, recognizing that it's temporary, reminding myself that it is. 100% 100% feel that. One of the deepest recognitions for me has been this too shall pass. Yeah. Like truly in those deep, deep moments, like this too shall pass. And what are we able to perceive? What are we able to learn? What gems and gold are we able to bring back from this moment to maybe help our future selves heal more and deeper or even provide that perspective to other people? And mm-hmm. that seems like some of the most important reasons why we may even go through emotional waves or intense moments is to offer ourselves healing and perspective to those around us. And it's going to be different four months from now, four hours from now, maybe even four minutes from now. You know, like the, the ebbs and flows and the waves of life, if you're able to sit in a float tank or meditate or be in an ice bath, you can really begin to comprehend like the actual rhythm to where we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tapping into the rhythm of where we are. If you can have, you can gain that perspective and skill. Holy cow. 
That feels so high level to me. <laughs> For real. But it's, it's, it's so worth the patience and the practice. You know, maybe that is one of those deeper fundamental blocks to why we even maybe intuitively or unconsciously fall into or follow this path is to really feel, find these like building blocks of wisdom mm-hmm. that we can kind of structure perspective or reality around. I think so. I think so. I think so for sure. Because the alternative is in a way, at least for me, how I was raised and what I grew up around where you're in a state of reaction and response and unknowing. And I, I think underneath that is a level of fear as well. And in the fear, you're also bracing yourself against life versus able to drop into the the stream and cycle of it. But even in that bracing, you're building perspective. Yeah, but there's a resistance. Mm. Like for example, in moments of emotional intensity, the resistance is, I don't want this to be happening. Why is this happening? you're wrong or they're wrong or that's wrong versus, okay, this is painful and my pain body's up and mm, I'm feeling mm-hmm. it. But I, I can recognize that I'm growing and I remind myself, this just happened to me really recently, probably last week or so, two weeks ago, the middle of the week, I was going through emotional intensity and it was really painful and hard like it is. And I'm guiding psychedelic journeys now too in the ketamine therapy that I do. And one of the pieces of guidance that I say as I'm leading people into the journey is your inner healing wisdom doesn't bring up more than you can handle mm-hmm. and eventually integrate. And in that moment in real time, I that came to me and I'm like, oh, it's not different. It's not different in a psychedelic journey than my real life. I'm not being given more than I can handle and eventually integrate. Okay, well then let's just keep going. Yeah, that um, I love this piece of insight because it, it feels like that's the purpose of going through like a ketamine journey or sitting with Mother Ayahuasca in proper setting and preparation environment and the important elements, but to be in these moments and bring back the wisdom and ways of perceiving in them because they're just different dimensions of the same fabric ultimately. And Mm. it seems like this wisdom or breathing or calming the nervous system, like those translate to each one of those dimensions. Yes. Which probably means other other things are going to translate as well. Just like the wisdom that you just shared, right? Like, that's, this is where like perception to me is so fascinating because it's, it may be the one thing that we bring with us in all of these different moments. How are we perceiving the flow of input to, to, to output? How are we perceiving the flow of input in an ice bath, in a ketamine journey, in a deep meditation, during a workout, when, when we're making love, when we're in a discussion? Like how how present are we actually perceiving what's going on mm-hmm. so like these 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 threads that interweave is really really fascinating to me for sure right and if you're recognizing that it's the presence 
doesn't actually change or it can, but it's still me. And again, how much presence am I going to bring? And that will affect the quality of the experience and whether I feel like I'm in resistance or not really present, or I am even, I can stay present even when it's really challenging. For example, when we were in the ice bath. What a practice. What a practice to learn how to be present when we're interpreting like a high amount of stimulus and, and information where we, where we become super hypersensitive to what's going on. And that can be through a psychedelic journey. It can literally be by turning on the cells more by being in cold exposure. And then, you know, we use the practice of meditation to enhance our relationship with those parts of us that can feel the sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's just deeper and deeper. Like it just, there's always more to uncover. Yeah. I feel like one of my parts or keys with it is really allowing my own self to ride the waves of up and down. Like even for example, this morning, Krishna and I have been planning an event together and it's so hard to do it with COVID. And one of the barriers is managing other people's thoughts around testing or not testing or being together, what's safe or what's not safe and trying to thread that needle for everyone. So everyone feels like their needs are met. So we're talking about all this stuff, right? And just like 30 minutes ago, and I said, I finally got to this place where I was like, I just can't stand it. I can't handle managing what other people might feel or feel or how they might, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just reached like a peak and I just needed to voice it. Like I have just peaked trying to hold all of this and allowing myself to like break for a moment and just be like, ah, instead of resisting that right? Or shaming myself or not allowing it. I'm just like, I'm going to freak for a second. Okay. Now it's going through me and now I'm back to being able to handle it. But again, like witnessing my own energy and ups and downs and allowing those heights to be there and those lows to be there and the middle path to be there. And personally knowing it's all going to go up and down all the time. Does that make sense? Mm Yeah, these heights seem, they're probably more important than we give them credit because it feels like those heights can really help us find the purpose of our approach to the moment and the purpose of what we are actually doing. Because if our purpose is in people pleasing, that's like this, it's like the end of the branches of the tree. Like that's going to blow with the wind. It's going to be way more easily influenced. But if our purpose is to pull nutrients from the soil, then we're going to be way more grounded in what we're doing. And because we understand like, okay, that one thing is going to help the branches become stronger. It's going to help the tree reach more sunlight. It's going to help the overall system flourish. But we got a break to kind of understand that. Yeah, I love that analogy. I love that analogy. And in like that moment, the example that I shared, I felt like we're out on one tiny thing that gets needled and needled and needled and needled and needled and needled. And it's not the roots of it all. 
It's not the why. It's not the purpose. Mm-hmm. It's not the truth of it. But it's where it feels, at least now, every almost so much energy can get lost in. Mm. This is an interesting topic because it's almost as if, I mean, fortunate or unfortunate sources like the media can kind of guide people into standing on the edge of that branch with how they perceive the world. It's like we're being coasted into like, well, there's this and like, and now there's this and there's this little segment. And then like, eventually we're further and further away from the roots, our purpose and our body. Yes. And like, maybe that's where like a good majority of mental illness can come from. Because when we, we become so much this, when we become disassociated from the body to that degree, all kinds of shit gets weird. And the breath, right? Bring it back to the breath. Like bring it back to the body. Bring it back to our approach to who we are and what we're doing and and what we're going through. And then, right? And then you get the people who care about other people and you want people to feel comfortable and you get facilitators and orchestrators and you want the best for everybody in the room. It's an interesting area to find harmony in right now, for sure. Yes. It's very yes. interesting. <laughs> yes. And so way to take that, that walk way to be on that path oh i don't know if i can do it you will will. i will i'm really pretty darn strong and i'm i love bringing people together and managing and helping and supporting and facilitating it's one of my strengths it's just and the added twist of covid where there's not a, a shared collective method of any of it that's that's the difficulty that we don't mm-hmm. have a shared agreement yeah it's it's kind of weird i'm still in the fit for service master mastermind with aubrey mm-hmm. and like the like the gatherings like they're we're going to costa rica in march but like nobody knows if we're even able to do that yet like it's 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 very strange how how adaptable we need to be right now yeah and for better or worse right for better or worse, we're on one of those balance boards. I don't know about I don't know about you, but I never got good at the balance board. <laughs> <laughs> They're tough. There's there's different degrees of difficulty with those. There's there's the ones that like you're on like like a pop can, and there's ones that you're actually on a ball. And like mm-hmm. the ball ones are substantially more difficult. <laughs> well, we're all on ball ones. <laughs> <laughs> substantially more difficult. On like a trampoline at the same time. The ground's not even stable. (laughs) That's a great analogy, actually. (laughs) And it just makes you think of a circus. We're just in a circus right now. Oh, it's a circus for sure. You know, Darren, I'm curious about your new program and the the coaching and the work that you're doing because I've heard about it. I've heard you speak really beautifully and passionately about it a tiny bit, but not in great detail. And I'm just curious... Uh, if you would mind sharing your inspiration for it and motivation and then um, a little bit about what it is. Hmm. That is your new offering. That's a really beautiful way to approach this concept. Thank you for asking it in that light. Um, This is probably one of the first times I'm like, publicly speaking about this process so i'm honored it to, i'm honored for it to be with somebody like you where we can really go deep into what's going on and what's happening in a way that we can both relate and comprehend 
So thank you for your pathway to even be able to be in this discussion the way that we are and are about to be. You're welcome. I love conversations with you. Yeah, they're pretty wonderful, for sure. Um, the inspiration's been really interesting because it's just, it feels like it's been about following a deeper feeling. And when the feeling was felt, then the being within me would know that the feeling would be felt. And the feeling revolved around some kind of wholesome, fully encompassed method to bridge as much perspective and mindful healing as possible. And through the years, I've, I've been a fitness coach for, I don't know, about 10 years or so. And I've worked with a lot of people, a lot of people, and from 12 to 70 over the years. And each person being in a completely different frame of reference, coming from a different background. You have to kind of learn how to explain this same movement pattern for it to connect with a lot of different people. So how do you build that relationship with this person presently to be able to provide them with even the words that would best fit who and where they are? Through that process, really delving deeper into meditation and martial arts, my own personal journey and then plant medicine and really perceiving once again, these threads that kind of tie these concepts together. And I kind of mentioned it earlier, but it feels like perception is the one thing that we bring with us wherever we go. Now it feels like mindfulness is the thread that weaves our perception together how mindful can we actually be and become during each moment? What are we missing? What's our unconscious mind doing? What's our conscious mind doing? How mindful can we be of the way our body's breathing, the way our posture is sitting? Like all of these different ingredients to this recipe, not to overload the system, but to kind of keep churning in a sense where you can build a very harmonious way of being a person so it's been in development for literally eight nine years through world travel through dozens of plant medicine journeys and it literally internally feels wholesome enough to share and that's the feeling that's in a sense i've been patiently waiting for and there's been about a hundred people to go through it on their own and right now we're going through a group of 22 people going through it with each other. And in real time, watching these people share their stories and build this community. Well, when you and say it, Zarin, what is it? They're going through it. So it's called uh, the Expand Mindfulness Program, Become. So it's referred to as Become. And it's about becoming the being we wish to be in the present moment. How would this person perceive? How would they operate? How would they maneuver through the world? And how do we bridge that into our behavior and perception essentially? When I hear you say that, a thing that comes up for me is, you said becoming who we want to become, right? Something like wish, that? Wish to be. Wish to be. And the, the way I've recently changed that is 
who I already am. I just can't perceive it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm not that person. That person is me, but it's covered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of the language in this program too, is uncovering this, you know, this being within us essentially. Who you and already are. For sure. And it's such a, it's an interesting, I love that you bring this, this idea up because there could be a lot of con- controversy around this topic, around becoming a being, because then there's the idea of once we become that, then we'll be happy. But ultimately it's, well, it's like, yeah, part of it is starting from a place of lack, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have that or I'm not that yet. And a reframing of it is I am it. I, it's just covered. And I think of it like an analogy is like my car is really dirty and I can't see that it's blue. It looks like it's black underneath. And it's not that it's not blue. It's just because of what's on top of it. The filter isn't clean. I can't see it clearly. And so I'm my practice is removing the things that are obscuring me from seeing clearly or seeing myself clearly. That it's, I, I have it all. I am it all. The essence is actually true. I can't become more of the light and the beauty that I already am, I have it. It's there. I just can't sometimes tap into it. I'm not aligned with it, but I can do things to align myself to it. And then I really feel it, but it only came from what was already inside of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1000% agree. And that's kind of where the essence of becoming more mindful allows us to let go of the things that dust up the mirror or that we're holding on to or that hold us back from being in that way of perceiving the world internally and externally. And, you know, I mean, it's, it can be related to so many different concepts of becoming mindful if you're ingesting and digesting um, modified food or organic food, like that's a way of being mindful. And when, when we build that ability to become mindful, we can bring that to the other areas of our life. Mm-hmm. So it feels like it's this like this flashlight in a sense that we can that each thing that we become more mindful of, the flashlight gets stronger and brighter and we can see much, much further down the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like this cool beacon that we can actually begin to point into our life. Totally. Totally. The signal gets clearer and cleaner and brighter. And then when there are things that are altering the clarity of the signal, you also perceive Mm. that much more quickly and clearly. Yeah. And that's the idea, right? To minimize the damage of what's around us, essentially, to allow the more purified elements to come through and not attach or hold on to them, but allow them to really become part of who you are. Mm-hmm. in your foundation mm-hmm. and have a relational aspect with your own body and mind meaning I can know from my body my body's going to tell me what mm-hmm. I actually need in this moment and I trust mm-hmm. and I love my body so much that I believe it versus mind over body like body you need to be doing this and you're always doing it wrong and why are you why aren't you should 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 
when really your body's just trying to help you out all the time. It's almost like you're, I've got a nine-year-old, right? And Benji, I love him to death, but as a parent, I tell him, you know, do this thing, do this thing, do that thing. And there's so much resistance. He always wants to tell me how I'm wrong and how I don't have it the, the right way. And sometimes I say to him, like, have I ever led you astray? Have I ever put you in harm's way? Have I ever been in a place where I wasn't looking out for your highest good? Why are you so full of doubt about the guidance that I'm giving you a hundred times a day? It's almost like that's the relationship of the mind to the body. Like the mind mm. is Benji and the body is oh. me, where I'm like, I'm just trying to help you out. <laughs> what Why a is good there so analogy. much? Yeah. Why is there so much resistance? Have I ever led you astray? Oh my goodness. That's brilliant. Okay. This is interesting because something that I deal with often, and it feels like a lot of people do who begin to meditate more, when should we go with the flow and when should we really plan something out? Mm. Like there's such, there's, there's a bridge in between that maybe it's different for everybody, but like that's something that a lot of people question, you know, when should I trust my intuition and when should I plan out the next 18 podcasts? It's, it's both and you're planning and you're going with the flow. My teacher, Don Stapleton, my, one of my favorite quotes from him is planning is priceless. Plans are useless. <laughs> so the act <laughs> of planning, we always do that, but then the plan, you throw it out. In the moment. I like that. Plans yeah, are useless. I really like that. But you get so much knowledge and wisdom and ground and foundation from the act of planning. You need to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whether it's manifestation or even just gaining a perspective on how the process may be. And it's funny because so my dad has ran his company for 10 years now. So he's very like legit in you got to plan things out. You got to make sure this is that. And it's been interesting to learn from him, but also follow my own intuition through the process and really find the gems in what he's saying, but also bridge them into the world that I should be in. And, you know, that's what you do for me. That's what Gethin does for me. That's what it feels like we do with each other for each other is almost it helps people build their optimal being by being around different kinds of people. Because we can take this grain and this grain, and ultimately, hopefully, we can build a beautiful environment or life or perspective or just kind of world to operate through. Yeah, that it's not either or. It's mm-hmm. all of it together. And it's mm-hmm. a beautiful mixture, for sure. For sure. I was just chatting with Krishna the other night, too, and he was talking about... I think, you know, oh, he's talking about this book that he's writing. And I was saying, you know, the one of the things that I think is so beautiful about you, Krishna, and who you are in the world is you're so balanced. You're so masculine and you're so feminine at the same time. I'm like, you're like extreme 50-50, which he thought was hysterical saying extreme 50-50. But I'm like, you're so extremely balanced. It's so rare how balanced you are, but you, Zarin, are also that. And Aubrey also is that. And I think as men in the world, 
the ability to be balanced and to be fluid and flexible is um, a rare gift and actually what's the medicine that's needed. Men are seeking balance. Women are seeking balance. How can we how can we do both? How can we let down the rigid form mm. that keeps us closed and separated? How can we move fluidly together and support each other and model, like we were talking about earlier, the ups and downs and the flow? Mm. Thank you, by the way. That really means a lot. Um, maybe it's something along the lines of being within that deeper flow. Like if we're all within a really beautiful flow of intuition and like para el bien de todos and compassion and care and doing our best to really embody those behavioral traits, maybe that's where we can really learn how to let go of what's going to prevent us from being in that place. Because once we really feel that groove of like deep care and compassion and love and wholesomeness and wholeheartedness, like we don't often let that leave us. No, you can't forget it. And you only get there through giving it to yourself. For sure. You can't genuinely be compassionate for others if you aren't genuinely compassionate for yourself. Yeah, even that's an interesting concept personally because it feels like if we feel genuine or compassion, if we just feel the sensation of what that would feel, it would both be going inward and outward. Yes. Right? So yes. it's like once if, if we actually feel love, then it's emanating in each and inward and outward in each and every direction possible, which is actually what expands about. So it's like, how do we expand in inward and outward in each and every direction, even imaginable and beyond? Yeah. And I guess the cool thing too about that, um, we did a retreat, Krishna and I at Esalen a few years back, and I was explaining to the group that either pathway takes you to all of them. So your gateway could be through nature. It could be through service and relationships. It could be through yourself. It could be through community in the world. But if you really choose any of those pathways, it'll take you to all of them. Like you're saying. I love that so much. And it, you know, it relates to the iconic concept of there's so many ways up the mountain. Yeah. But ultimately like, this is what's so fascinating about people being born where they are, who they are, because they're going to be around different pieces of information. But those different pieces of information can bridge them into the other pieces of information. Maybe that's martial arts for some person. Maybe that's um, Chinese medicine for another person. But we're all kind of maneuvering towards the same direction and maybe e- even the same feelings. Yeah. Which I is would also say yes. really interesting. That's why there's so many different paths. It's really beautiful. Like Lauren Roche, she's a meditation teacher who I adore and love his writing and teaching so much. And he is sort of anti, in a way, traditional meditation in, let's say, like classical Buddhist form. 
because it's it feels a lot more restrictive. Like sit on the cushion, close your eyes. You're removing things from your experience to go inward versus anything could be a meditation. Mm-hmm. Drinking a, a glass of water, dancing, feeling the wind on my face, swimming in the ocean, walking my dogs, cooking food, making music, anything that I'm absorbed in can be an ecstatic gateway mm-hmm. to oneness. You know what, though, that, what that boils down to for me? Perception and mindfulness. It feels like they really, those two elements really help us be more present and feel when we're being way too mindful about something or when we're just so deeply rooted into an idea. We can become mindful of the body in return and really feel the flow, feel the breeze, feel the grass beneath our feet, feel the chair that I'm sitting in right now, feel the tones coming through my body while sharing these words and expressions. Like there's so many different ways to root into the present moment. So many ways. The senses are really incredible. (laughs) The senses are... Let's give it up for the senses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That is very funny, actually. (laughs) I love it. And your senses come through your body. Your body is incredible. And you can fine-tune the senses too. There was a period in time when I was much younger when I was a raw foodist. So only eating raw food, right? And when you're cleansing your palate in such a way by only ingesting food that's raw, it's different than when I drink coffee and eat a steak and mashed potatoes and smoke a cigarette, right? Like my actual mechanism of my mouth and tongue Mm. is a different environment for sensing Mm. taste in food. Whoa. Yeah, it's kind of related to the concept of if you have chili in the fridge and you eat that chili cold, it's actually a different flavor than if you heat that chili up. Like it's the same concept, it's the same ingredients, but when prepared differently and ingested differently, it becomes a completely different experience. Yeah. So you can prepare your body for a different perception of reality by heating it up, to use your analogy. Whoa. Yeah. And then it's, it's, I love this, this topic because it kind of roots into different parts of the planet that, you know, use more ginger or turmeric and they actually have less health difficulties in other places who eat more sugar or, you know, substances like along that line. And so like the different palates in the tongue and what the body absorbs from the palates. And then you even add the element of language. Mm. Like there's, there's cultures that they speak from parts in their body that actually turn on different parts of your brain, cool. which is so intriguing to me. And it, you, you can relate it to like deep oming. Like you're using different portions of your vessel to produce vibration. Yes. And that's known to really turn on like deep, deep, deep parts of our, of our being and brain as well. 
Exactly. And then, you, and then, you know, we get the Western world, but we're just speaking through our freaking tongues and mouths, basically. <laughs> you know, not using the back of the mouth, not using our, our diaphragm. It's it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It, it, feel, it, it lends me this feeling of possibility. It's like there's so much more that's possible that I haven't experienced yeah. yet. If I were to alter this or that about my life or my mm. diet or way or being, what, what, like, it, I feel like then I'm like playing Zelda. I'm playing a video game. Whoa. Yeah, or even the way that you produce sound through your body. That's so interesting. So Corey Allen is a guest speaker tonight for our, mind, our mindfulness group. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if if you know Corey or not. I know of him just through Krishna because he's been Corey's, on his podcast yeah, a couple of times, but phenomenal. I haven't looked into his work at all. Phenomenal. The binaural beats, everything. Like the dude is legit. But he asked our group to come prepared with one thing that we don't understand about meditation or a question that we've always wondered about meditation. And the concept for me popped up of like how did people discover the power of oming and mantras and hearing you om, you know, a couple of weeks ago and really feeling like I've, I've dealt with a decent amount of practice with it. I'm not an expert by any means, but to feel the vibratory sensations move through your body as you are going through the motion. Like they did do that. I was, that was happening. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I, I explained that in my teacher training, the difference mm-hmm. between OM and OM, like just saying OM, like 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 mouth experience, front of the mouth experience, versus the whole body vibratory experience. Yeah, my question leading into this was, or leading to this ex- expression, was like, what's your experience with OMing? Like, how did you learn how to do this? Like, what's... How are you changing up the tones in your body, just like we're talking about, well, this to actually is fun. produce more? Yeah, it's easy, I think. What's interesting is the symbol ohm, which I think you might be able to visualize in your mind. It's sort of like a three with a squiggly line through the middle. And then there's a half moon at the top with a dot above the half moon. Have you seen the ohm symbol? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the symbol donates or points to levels of consciousness. And the bottom part of the three is waking consciousness. The top part of the three is dreamless sleep. The little squiggly line that comes out of the middle is deep sleep. The half moon at the top is the veil of maya, the illusion. And the circle, the bindi at the very top is truya, or ultimate consciousness, or samadhi, the absolute God consciousness. So the symbol Om, we didn't know this, right, until now, is talking about states of minds, waking consciousness, sleep, deep sleep, the veil of Mm -hmm. maya, ultimate consciousness. And each of those parts is symbolized by part of the sound of om. So om isn't actually just om, it's a u m. And the a ah is at the root. 
the base of the spine. The U is the heart. Ooh. And you can feel that in your body. If you say ooh, you can feel it in the heart. And then the mmm isn't M like at the lips. It's actually an NG sound. Mm. So when you're, the back of your tongue goes to the back of your throat. Mm. And you can say it in a way where for me internally, when I get to the mm, there's like a little flick of the sounds that goes up the back of my skull and then kind of rolls around at the top of my head like a marble. So it's this root all the way to the crown sounds of <laughs> like that versus om. wow talk about the paying attention to the subtle sensations of what's going on in our body if we can deeply root and bond and build a relationship with that flow of sensation how much better would we be able to function in the world we'd be way more attuned way more sensitive I've heard the that's, om. Yeah, that's what your yoga practice is giving you, is that sensitivity. And there's mm-hmm. other practices too that do it, but hatha, hatha yoga, ha means sun and tha means moon. And it's pointing to the balancing of sun, moon, masculine, feminine, active, passive, yin, yang energies in the body. When I do these movements, I'm bringing my energy body into alignment and into balance. I'm freeing up prana that's been stuck or stored or obscured or blocked or not flowing. Mm-hmm. So I be- can become a free-flowing, balanced energy channel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then yoga means union. The union yeah. of mind, body, breath, God. And you get the God channel when <laughs> your body and your breath and your mind and your heart are in alignment, are in union. But the mind is the gateway, right? Like the mind is the Benji that's like, no, I don't want to do the thing. And you got to sit him down and say, well, I'm going to take your iPad away then if you don't do the thing (laughs) and get him to buy into the program. So like you're saying, perspective and mindfulness are the keys. That's true. That's the first step. You can't do any of the other you can't connect without mindfulness and perspective. You can't connect in. You can if you use like a shortcut, like a plant medicine experience, for example, or some other peak experience that could come out of nowhere. But if you're going to do it consciously through just the mechanism and the vehicle of the body and breath, the mind's got to buy into the program. Mm Mm-hmm. And it wants to wrestle with you. It wants to resist and run out the door. Mm. Those peak experiences really help us feel what that world may actually be like and bridge that feeling back into our daily behavior. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the most beautiful components to a peak experience. Um, this is so interesting. So I've played golf for as long as I can remember. Um, I played college golf, varsity in high school. Um, one of the fundamental elements of like being at a shot when there's hundreds of people watching you play is 
this is where my meditation practice began was actually in golf because if you're perceiving all of the thought patterns of oh what if this happens or what if this or they're watching this like you're fucked like just straight up like like good luck but if you can drop deeper into the body find the groove and the repetition that your patterns and motion patterns have moved through thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times and honor that part of your being follow that intuition follow that flow and like that's where the magic would really be but you're super right if we are unable to even build perspective on when our mind's going crazy and when it's not like we're probably just going to get caught up in that track this is where like the ice bath and cold exposure and plant medicine can be enormous for people enormous because it it shows another part to the spectrum and it yes. builds that frame of reference in a way of like, damn, like this is possible too. Mm-hmm. Like, we can perceive this way. We can feel this way. And like those are, those can be profoundly shifting moments in our life. Profoundly shifting. Yeah. They, and they are. And they are. And it, the importance is then how does it translate to your everyday life and what is that integration? Because you could have... And we often do the feeling of interconnection and oneness and forgiveness and love and compassion. And then once every, the medicine, let's say, wears off and you're back into the daily grind, you're kind of just as grumpy and closed down as ever. So what does it actually take for you to, to live those experiences? It's and a to million bring dollar into- question. <laughs> Right. Well, community helps, like you've created. Enormous, yeah. Community and accountability and a learning environment. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to be a shithead again. And I can see it and recognize it. I might be a shithead for less amount of time and have more (laughs) personal responsibility of it. But I also just don't want to hold myself to a level of perfectionism because that's actually an inner critic that's quite damaging. So mm. how can I hold myself and everyone else with love and have the energy of, even though we're all going to make mistakes and we're all learning, love's not going to go away. Community's not going to go away. We'll hold you through your pain and as you grow, as I know you'll hold me through my pain mm-hmm. and as I grow. Mm-hmm. And actually the spiritual practice is not rainbows and unicorns and smiling Buddhas. Mm-hmm. It's tears and sobbing and breaking down and grief and reconciliation and forgiveness and shadow work. Mm-hmm. So what's the environment that we can do that in mm-hmm. for ourselves and mm-hmm. for each other? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is perhaps a fabric of um, the quote from Don Howard that you may have heard before. Uh, the warrior's heart beats as one. Like this concept is that embodied, is that in a community. When someone else needs help, we help them. When we need help, people mm-hmm. are there to help and offer a supporting hand. Like Mm -hmm. we are within this journey with each other. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt, there's no fabric in denying that. Mm -hmm. Your growth is our growth. Our growth is your growth. And it's just when we can build that environment, that community 
for the walls to come down in that sense where we are just people perceiving what's going on and going through a journey. Like the amount of unconscious healing that we didn't even know we needed blossoms in a way that can build radical shifts in our life. Radical shifts. Yeah, absolutely. And then expanding that further, a lot of us have the traumas and wounds that we have because what's wrong in our system and society that perpetuates it. Mm -hmm. And so as we begin to heal, turning towards the parts of our society that also need healing and that is causing a lot of the damage that we didn't really realize before. Mm-hmm. Just like you girl. said, it was yeah. unknown. The more that we wake up, the more that we see. And if we can get go back to there, to the roots of the system, then then collective healing begins to shift. Mm-hmm. It's like in in um, post Nazi Germany, the Germans were like, "We're not going to have this happen again. We're going to change as a society, and great change can happen collectively within a generation." Yeah, that's the beauty of the internal-external blend. They both influence one another. Like, There's no way in denying that either. The mm. external influences the internal and vice versa, you know, for better or worse, but ultimately for the good of all, like for the evolution of consciousness, yeah. for us to learn what to do or what not to do. And I- we, just to add real quick, on this journey, we could begin to see some of our traumas, some, if not all, like we're not alone in what we're going through. You know, people, when they begin to share and open up, it heals the other people in the room too. And it heals them in a way that they didn't even know possible. Totally. And then you, and then it builds their walls to come down and then they share more and that healing's reciprocated. And it's so powerful. Mm. It's mm-hmm. so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get healing from each other. Seeing someone else in a group experience work through it absolutely can ignite the same healing in another whose traumas resonate with that. I've seen it happen again and again. Yeah. And as a society, I know that there's a lot wrong with the United States and where we're at. But also another perspective is if even if we just look back at what happened at the Capitol the raid on the Capitol a month or so ago now, a month, I think maybe exactly. Mm. It was horrible and bad and tragic and terrible in lots of ways. And if that would have happened a hundred years ago, so many more people would have died. It would have been such a greater massacre. And so the fact that it was what it was and the level of bloodshed was actually quite low, I feel shows that we have evolved, Mm. that we are doing better. Not to say it was good or make excuses Mm -hmm. for it, but holy shit, it could have been so much worse as it has been in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is an interesting thing to bring up because it's, it can provide a moment to really implement perspective into the situation. Like especially highly emotional moments like this, where we can just automatically attune, this happened because of this, these people are this because of these actions, they're all this way. Those are essentially just 
very few pinpointed ways of thinking and perceiving what's going on. But if we can breathe and broaden how we're even perceiving the information, then that's when we can hopefully really move it for the better of everybody and perceive the, you know, the more beautiful components to it, just like what you share. Not that it's a beautiful moment by any means, but I'm not sure there's any moment that doesn't hold beauty in it. Like with the proper frame of perspective and like that can be a touchy subject for a series of different examples and reasons. And, but perspective, like it just helps determine what our nervous system is registering and responding to. And like, it goes so damn deep. Yes. It can perpetuate disease in the body. And it can also bring enormous healing. Like it's something to pay attention to. There's no doubt about it. And why do we keep ourselves in certain frames of perspective? Why do we talk about our parents in one light every single time? Why do we bring these reasons to feel the way we feel? Whatever the example may be. It's, it's just deep. It's deep. It's beautiful. I got excited as I was listening to you speak about the collective story your group is going to weave about where we're going, given a very broad perspective. It feels really meaningful. It feels like that's a worthwhile, purposeful journey. Good, 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 good. I'm so (laughs) proud of you. I'm so happy for you. you. I'm so grateful for all the folks that are with you having you as their leader and guide. Oh, just amazing. Just amazing. I'm so proud of you for stepping up to that inner call too, because many of us hear those quiet whispers and it's too scary. So you actively, I know, very actively sought out the support that you needed to be able to step into your own power. Mm. You've been doing the work. I'm doing my best, that's for sure. But it's also important to highlight it's been a 10-year process, minimum, to even be in this position. Because there were so many whispers, but it was like you just, sometimes you know when it's not the right time. And it's important to pay attention to that. And there were times when it was almost going to be done, but it's like, yo, this isn't the right time. And to honor that part of ourselves. And it feels like ultimately, like we know when we're ready. Yeah. Like we deeply understand when the elements around us are ready. Maybe that means jump. Maybe that means move very slowly and patiently. Mm-hmm. And not but, needing to know why jump or why move slowly or patiently, but just the signal right now is green or red or yellow. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. just what it is. My teacher would always say too that I love, it takes the time it takes. Mm-hmm. Your healing takes the time it takes. This development takes the time it takes. This transition, COVID, whatever it might be, everything is going to take the time it takes. Yeah, that's such a beautiful concept to highlight because, you know, arguably, if this program was released even two years ago, I wouldn't be who I was right now. Therefore, like the process and the medicine and all of the different components would be different. Yeah. And, you know, whether that's good or bad, it's ultimately doesn't matter because it's happening right now. But with it, 
while undergoing the process currently, I'm able to perceive the purpose in all of the previous moments that built the ability to be here. And there's something, there's like a, there's a Steve Jobs quote of like, you could only connect the dots going backwards. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of wisdom in that for sure. Mm-hmm. You shared when we spoke a couple of weeks ago too, that your program, let's say is 12 weeks. I'm making that up, but it takes some people four months and it takes people a year and some people, people might take two years. And even within that, like it's like the plan and the planning. It's like, here's the script and the journey. But as you live into it, it will be different for all of you. And arguably as it should be. You know, like the purpose of this mindfulness program is to provide people with the resources and the opportunity to deeper align and follow their intuition. Like, where should you be right now? Should you be doing this journal prompt? Maybe it's a seed planted. Maybe you do it four weeks from now. Like helping people really align with where they are, where they should be, and ultimately just the being within us. And how does that influence the world? And are are we moving with enough purpose? Or it's just, yeah, there's a real formula that's been developed and the feedback from people, it's really heartwarming for sure. Awesome. Well, all of those inquiries are beautiful. Well, how can folks find more about you and your work? Where should they go? (laughs) Um, Expandyourself.com. That's X-P-A-N d yourself.com and then forward slash become for the mindfulness program we are accepting applications for the next group right now but we will definitely be highlighting the application process through all of march and we're really looking to curate a very beautiful group of people who are ready for the work and really willing to show up for not only themselves but everybody involved too and you're on the Instagram, expand. Expand yourself on Instagram. It's expand with the X-P-A-N-D, yourself. Mm-hmm. You've got your podcast as well. Yeah, or or your right. podcast is paused. It's paused and it was a blessing because it allowed this program to be finished. Okay. And now produced and shared. Well, a so, lot of your past episodes, are, they're still very valuable and up. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. We've, we've had you on the show, yes. uh, Corey Allen, Eric Godsey, East Forest. So we've definitely, there's a very solid group of information and context there for sure. Well, thank you, Zarin, for this really deep conversation. I meant it when I said conversations with you are one of my <laughs> favorites because you just, you're so open and willing to just go right there. It nourishes <laughs> me talking to you. So thank it, you. Yeah, thank you as well. It's, I mean, it's, perceive because it's mutual ultimately and thank you for allowing the insight and perspective you offer and the questions that you provide and your presence during this moment it really helps us both go where we should be for sure thank you thanks for that reflection so good more soon more soon definitely appreciate you yeah you too